you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening to Aaron the Addison's. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. We will take some phone calls in the last segment. Get your take on our discussion today. Today, um, we are asking the question. I'll just kind of set this up and then we'll remind you of some opportunities that you have to participate in uh, what we do here as a ministry, as a collective ministry, um, I'm speaking specifically of Operation Christmas Child. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, um, this is the question that we're asking today that will um, direct our conversation around a current event, uh, which is which is what we do. So the question is, what if we begin with the Bible? I know it's so simple. Like, what if we what if we begin with the Bible? Like, what if we start off all of our conversations and all of our interaction with um, the Bible as the starting point, it kind of uh, frees us from the responses that we feel pressured to give that would be culturally normative or mm-hmm. culturally acceptable today. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to um, you don't have to know what the latest position is. Right. You're actually free from keeping up with that. Right. All you have to do is stay well versed in the scriptures, yeah. right? Just yeah. maintain uh, the reading of the word yeah. uh, in your life on a regular basis and you'll do okay. So, but that's the question. What if we begin with the Bible and uh, we'll have a conversation around a current event that interestingly enough was, was kind of covered in our news story. I don't know if you heard that. We're, that's kind of where we're going to go when we talk about, um, talk about the church. So mm-hmm. anyway, Will the Great, we do have some announcements. Yeah, you can email us at AFR, addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. And also, uh, we had our last date night, so that's not uh, <laughs> that's So not thank you for attending, Arkansas. Yeah, thank you so much. You, you I attended, had fun with Arkansas. Actually, the, the last one, the final one. So that's, you know, that's pretty special. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. It uh, was. The game show was a lot of fun. It was very interesting. Very interesting, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a great time. Um, but like you mentioned, Operation Christmas Child, um, we have a chance as a family, and we have to we have to do this. We got to. We always seem like we do it at the end, like at the. I t- what did I say to you, you the other day? That. I said, but I said, it's fun oh, like it's getting too, close. It's, I said, uh, man, why do we always wait to the last minute? And you said that makes it better. You said it's more it, it fun does. that way. It's con- yeah. There's, yeah. a, there's a stress element to it where you're it's, not just going to your yeah. convenient drop-off site. Well, it's, You're like right. searching for one. Right. And that's that that's fun, especially if you're out of town and you're yeah, like, oh, we got to find a place. That. Yeah, Let's look on it because they have fun. the little thing where you can track the different, yeah. you know. Drop-off drop, locations. Yeah. So that, that's kind of fun. But it I guess is, if you're not going anywhere, you just need right. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so they're, they're, that is instructive for us. Like yeah. we... We are not going so. anywhere. We need to just, we need to find a drop off site because we've even in how our boring. local area, that's correct fine. me on this if I'm this, <laughs> how boring. <laughs> that, now that's interesting coming from you, sir, because 
you are so regimented. Like I you am. and I are opposite. Well, I am regimented, you but are. not as regimented as you are. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it depends on what it is. I think. It it does. It depends yeah. on what it is. I'm more prone to kind of um, allow for interruptions before I really recognize it. Wait a minute. You know what I mean? Those <laughs> mm-hmm. are interruptions. Whereas mm-hmm. you, I think you catch them like right off the bat. Like yeah. nope, stay the course. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but I feel like we have. We've had to look for other drop-off sites, even in our local area, because yeah. the ones that are closest to us, we missed it. So time, then we had to drive wise, like because like the yeah. closed, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that still was like an <laughs> adventure. So right? crazy, yeah. And the crazy thing is, if I remember correctly, we've we've had several different ways that we've done this, where <laughs> we've had the stuff, uh-huh. but we just didn't put the boxes together yet. You know, we we've got the stuff, and then we've had times where we like get the stuff, put the boxes together, make the drop, mm-hmm. like, and then the kids. And to me, and I remember that one time in in particular that we were like we were in a crunch, mm-hmm. and and. The kids, that's the moment where they want to be so super specific about what they get. Right. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't Take know. Take too but, long. Mm, I'm like, get it. <laughs> the Lord will use it. Get yes. it. Anyways. Um, but, but yeah. But yeah, if people want more information about that, you can go to SamaritansPurse.org, I believe, slash OCC mm-hmm. and, um, and get more information. It's just something, it's something great to do, you know, with the family. Um, I mean, individually, but you know, we have fun as a family doing it. So we do. Um, and you, you're also blessing someone you probably won't ever meet, you know, but mm-hmm. it's a blessing, uh, for for them to receive that shoebox with those gifts in it. So it's just yeah. a great thing. Yeah, really great thing. Hey, and by the way, um, well, I don't know when we're gonna do this, but Will the Great did mention to me that we'll be doing another um another Facebook challenge with our big three. Yes. Um. So be on the look. <laughs> He's oh, so man. bad, family. Huh? If you guys, if, I'm not oh, well, you I gotta mean, make it a challenge. It has to be a challenge. You keep surprising me every time. I think, well, I guess we've tried everything, you know, and maybe we're done, <laughs> you know, because you know they, you know, but this one I think is gonna be really interesting. Um, I think that our our listeners, <laughs> our family, um, who listen to this show, I think that they know by now. It doesn't matter what it is. JD oh, is man. not trying. JD got, he got, yeah, he got the man. I up. don't. He got the man up on this one. I, I think, I think we're gonna <laughs> have to kind of like thicken the plot just a little bit. Like, I, I think we're gonna have to like maybe um, give a greater enticement. I don't, I don't know how you do that. I don't know if there's hmm. a greater reward, you know. But well, I mean, it's he funny because even... there was no reward for the second one, huh? For the second challenge. Not that I can. The first think one of. we he had a re- reward. That was a monetary, yeah. monetary prize. That uh, that's a way to get JD. On. I mean, he didn't do it the first time, but still, that there uh, may be a way to, you know. We'll see. We'll but, see. Um, anyway, um, for our listeners though, keep yeah. watching for that because follow us um, on Facebook. If you follow us yeah. on Facebook, Erin Addison's, we have these <laughs> challenges from time to time that the Addison children do. And it's pretty yeah. funny. It's it pretty is, funny. It's, it's, it is. It's hilarious. It is funny. Yeah. I enjoy it. I'm glad that they're good sports about it, that they're willing to do it, you know, because yeah. they could just oh, be they, like, they no. like it. Yeah. They get they excited do like about it. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So we've got yeah. the next one in mind. Yes. And that'll be happening soon. So just be watching for that. Mm-hmm. All right. So today, the mm-hmm. question, which, by the way, happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. Yes. Um, Veterans what a blessing. Day. That's right. What a blessing to have men and women who serve our country, mm-hmm. who have served our country. Uh, with honor and with distinction, who have been willing to sacrifice their own personal comfort, right, to serve yeah. our country. And we were talking a little bit about that um, with the kids earlier today. So anyway, happy Veterans Day um, to all of our veterans listening. Now, the topic of conversation, what if we begin with the Bible? Hmm. 
What if we begin with the Bible? We should. We should. We should. <laughs> so I was reading this article that I thought was kind of pretty straightforward. But as as we do, when we look at cultural issues, we understand that sometimes things that are pretty straightforward can be a little bit controversial. And why do those things become controversial? They become controversial because we don't just take the Bible. Mm. We actually take what is culturally normative and we say, does the Bible work in this context? Or we say, well, what if it offends people if I say this is what the Bible mm. says because they have for a long time been doing it this way yeah. and they have come to adopt this as a new normal that the Bible then must fold into, right? Mm. So having said all of that, yes. um, let's go to the article, mm -hmm. <laughs> talk about it. And, um, and, then, and then even though I'm saying, what if we begin with the Bible? Mm -hmm. I want to set you up for what we're going to look at in scripture. Okay by presenting to you what the conversation is. Okay. Yes. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> this is a Christian Post article, and the headline is, Pastor John MacArthur rejects online worship, says Zoom is not church. Hmm. Now, <laughs> let's stop for just a second. We can stop really at the, at the, the title there, we, the headline of the article. Okay, mm -hmm. we, could, we could stop. <laughs> and we could say, um, because here's, what's, here, here's what happens. People are like, oh, well, how can he say? Well, who, psh, oh, who know? I mean, but what? A, because am I? And right. And that's what happens. And <laughs> can I just tell you that that is what happens with many biblical positions mm -hmm. that are no longer culturally normative. Mm. People don't start with Bible. They automatically take a position based on what is familiar to them. And we do this almost daily, guys, almost daily. And I want to tell you. If we're not careful, this happens to us. If we're not careful, we will always go to our default rather yeah. than the word of God. It's yeah. it's just human nature. Yeah. And it's almost like the Lord anticipated that human nature. So he gave us the straight edge. Yeah. You, right. We'd always have a sliding scale if it depended on us. Right. <laughs> so even with that first with that headline, I know that people will hear that and be like, well, listen. And then immediately <laughs> we want to go into our defense of why this is OK. Mm-hmm. And then and we'll raise some objections and, and, and we should be able to raise objections. We should be able to push back on any current cultural context um, using the word of God. And even when there are, are objections to the application of the word of God, because a person might say, well, what about this? <laughs> well, what about that? Then the Bible should be able to speak to those things. Correct. Yeah. So we got to put our full weight down on this. OK, guys, like we don't we don't sit on the edge of the chair. Not sure. <laughs> we sit back. We put our full weight. We get comfortable. The word of God. We can trust it. So let's explore this today. And, and I man, I'm kind of excited to have this conversation because I think in part the rejection of the word of God as the description, the right and only description of what the church is or who better um, who the church is, mm -hmm. right, has been ignored for so long that we are almost in a place where we have to reclaim it. Mm. We, ha we have to reclaim it. We have to say, this is the church. Mm -hmm. This is what God has described for us. Yeah. Okay, so here is the article here, the Christian Post article. It'll be in the show notes. Um, if you get the podcast, you can, you'll find the notes there. All right, so Grace Community Church pastor and theologian John MacArthur has stated that worship held online does not count as genuine church as it goes against the biblical definition of proper worship. In an episode of Grace to You posted online on October 31st, MacArthur was asked his opinion of worship or Bible study held online. Quote, Zoom church is not church, end quote. Mm. 
responded MacArthur. Quote, it's not church. It's watching TV. There's nothing about that that fulfills the biblical definition of coming together, stimulating one another to love and good works coming together. End quote. Now, I want to pause just just for a little bit of a dramatic effect Mm -hmm. so that we could process what was just said. Zoom church is not church, responded MacArthur. It's not church. It's watching TV. There's nothing about that that fulfills the biblical definition of coming together, stimulating one another to love and good works coming together. He continued, the definition of a church is crystal clear in the New Testament. We see the picture of it. They came together the first day of the week. They worshiped the Lord. They prayed. It was fellowship and it was the breaking of bread and the Lord's Supper. MacArthur stated that church involves coming together and that it doesn't even function unless people are mutually using their spiritual gifts for one another. Quote, we are only the church when we are together, he continued. The church is the church when it corporately worships, when it corporately prays, when it corporately hears the preaching of the word of God. He contrasted the concept of church with parachurch, seeing that as an aid to the church. The pastor cited his Grace to You broadcast as an example of a parachurch ministry that should not take the place of corporate worship. So at this point, Will the Great, <laughs> what do you what huh. do you think might be some of the thoughts? Mm-hmm. You're so good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Provocative thoughts. Okay. What do you think might be some of mm-hmm. the thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, concerns, objections that might be kind of like streaming, mm-hmm. no pun intended, through people's minds as they are listening to this conversation? Like, what do you think might be some of the ob- objections? Well, one uh, one may say, well, what if we come together and and watch the online? Like, we're like some other people. You know, we don't go to the church building, but we are watching this online. Mm. Another thing, Good. though. That, okay. Uh, I um, should be writing those down. <laughs> go ahead. He says, we are only the church when we are together. He continued, the church is the church when it corporately um, worships, when it corporately prays, when it corporately hears preaching of the, the word of God. I, I would like more explanation about what he's saying there exactly mm-hmm. before I give, you know, but that can sound like everything is relegated to the building. When, oh, when okay. we are the church. That may not what be what he's saying, but mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. may need to be cleared up. Okay, got you. Because, oh, 50 seconds. Okay, well, then let's grab the break <laughs> and we'll come back uh, and we'll let's address some of those objections from the word of God. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. As the deer for the water, so my soul need you lord oh yeah i'm thirsty god you're the living water in my soul need you lord oh, welcome back to aaron the addison's on american family radio we really do appreciate you listening and um allowing us to have conversations um that have cultural and spiritual implications <laughs> Um, in your hearing, and then also you're joining in. Um, in the last segment, um, we will open the phone lines and, and get your take, your biblical response, your biblical response to the topic of the day. And which, by the way, that's the question: What if we begin with the Bible? Hmm. What if we begin with the Bible? So we are having a conversation around an article 
that I was reading from the Christian Post where uh, Pastor uh, John MacArthur Mm -hmm. was asked about um, Zoom church or online meetings. And he said, point blank, uh, quote, Zoom church is not church. Mm -hmm. It's not church. It's watching TV. There's nothing about that that fulfills the biblical definition of coming together, Mm -hmm. stimulating one another to love and good works, coming together, end quote. And so that seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, the reason I wanted to have a conversation about this was because I think that when we read that, and of course, there's obviously, there are some other statements that, that you mentioned that you wanted to, you would like to have clarity on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes what we would initially do is respond to this statement with our experiences mm. rather than going to the word of God. And so my question then is intentionally, mm-hmm. um, what if we begin with the Bible? Right. So what would, if we just started with the Bible and we weren't having this conversation in light of a person's statement, if we just began with the Bible, what might we understand about the practice and the function of the church? Um, and I'd like to, to bring into that discussion something else that we use with the kids when we're trying to teach them how to read and understand the Bible Um, Something called the law of first mention when you are first introduced to something, a concept or a person um, in the scriptures, the law of first mention will uh, for a fair amount of the time determine how this function functions when you read it later. Right. So when you 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 are first introduced to this here Mm -hmm. and then as you continue to read on through scripture, uh, it's important that the definition or the the original intent of the first time this is mentioned has been able to stay with you because it yeah. will be important later. Yeah. This this helps us to keep things in context so that we don't just yank things from their context. We have to understand something called um, the law of first mention. In other words, and, and look, and even if you don't want to sound heady about it, you can say, well, what did God first say about it? <laughs> right. Right. Like that would be that would be that would be like the NOLA version. (laughs) What did God first say? That's the question. What did God first say? And so then when we um, encounter what he first said again later, then we go back to the original statement Mm -hmm. or the original presentation and say, what was God saying? Yeah. Is he going to shift his meaning? Is he going to change the way we understand this? What is the context around what is being presented? All right. So in order for us to do that, we would look at the the. Uh, the start of the church, the launch of the church, if you will. And so for that, you go to the book of Acts. So if you go to Acts chapter two, there are some characteristics of the church that I would put that I would put those characteristics and I would say, okay, well, this falls into the category of first mention. Mm -hmm. So here is where the church is described, if you will. Right. Like this is what the gathering looks like now. I, now, first mention may not be a, a fair statement because Jesus actually says um, when he's talking about if a person has a fault and then you go to him, you try to be reconciled and the person won't be reconciled. We'll look at that, by the way. And the person won't be reconciled. Um, then they say you you bring um, they then Jesus said you bring a couple of people with you um, to serve as witnesses. And then finally, if that doesn't work, Jesus says, tell it to the church. Tell it to the church. Right. So it presumes that there's more than two or three people. Right. Okay. All right. So (laughs) but let's look at let's look at Acts. Let's look at the birth of the church as the Holy Spirit comes to the church and the word of God spreads. Right. This is what we encounter in the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter two, Mm -hmm. um, um, Acts chapter two, I'm going to start at verse 42 verses 42 and I'll go go to 47. And the Bible says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship 
to the breaking of bread um, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Verse 46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So if you were going to read that and ask the question, what is the church? Like what characterizes the gathering or the meeting of the church, Mm -hmm. the worship of the believers, the gathering of the believers, like what kind of things might we be able to draw from that? Yeah. I mean, teaching will take place, you know, um, fellowship. Yep. uh, Prayer and breaking and breaking of bread. Like it's, it's a, it's a relational thing where uh, it's not just a come for (laughs) an uh, attendance or or whatever, you know, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, relationship being built. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the teaching of, of the word, you know, along with that. Um, so the elements, I think, are there in verse 42. Yeah. And it's interesting because like at a very basic level, like and it seems almost too um, straightforward to be like the answer. You know how sometimes you're like, I think I know the answer, but that seems like that's like it seems too easy to be the answer. Right. <laughs> but like it seems to me when you read this, that it's it's almost too easy that at a very basic level, they were together. Mm-hmm. They were together. Yes. And then you read a little bit further, and I know some people get hung up on like, wait a minute, they had socialism? Like they're like, wait, <laughs> they had community property and all of this? No. But I think we miss a larger point. The larger point is not how they met each other's needs necessarily. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the larger point is that they knew one another's needs. Yeah, they, they were, were in relationship. In, they were in relationship. Yeah. So there's so much that you read in the New Testament context that just presumes that people are together, Mm -hmm. the one another's of the scriptures, right? The each other's of the scriptures. Like these are things that if you like, you don't even like, if we're not trying to even be heady about it, Mm -hmm. it's right there. And it's, and it's clear. And that is something that can be, cannot be accomplished by zoom. No, I don't see. I mean, even if and you have a chat room, that's still not the same no, as being shoulder not. to shoulder with a person. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yes. And and I think that this has served now. And I want to go back pre pandemic because online church is not new to right. the pandemic. Right. Like, I mean, that's, you know, but I think what it has done is that it has caused the church to have the same type of illness that the world is now facing, mm-hmm. which is isolation and loneliness, Mm. which never should have characterized the church. Never, ever should have characterized the church because there's too much instruction that would eradicate that. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? If, if we went back to the Bible Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. So here's something else that I want to point out. That's interesting. So if you look at Acts chapter two, Mm -hmm. you look at the foundation of the church, the Holy spirit comes to the church, the word of God spreads. Right. And, and the church, the collection of believers, those who put their faith and their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ grows. It, it increases now in proximity to one another, they are actually best positioned to respond to one another's needs. So this is where you go. First of all, they knew that, that each other, they knew that they had needs, Right. Right. But they were also positioned because of the instruction given by the Lord. 
They were also positioned to respond to those needs. But here's something else that I want to point out. Responding to the needs of one another is not limited to tangible or felt or physical needs. I think sometimes we think that way first. Like, well, Mm -hmm. how am I going to know if you don't have enough food to eat if Mm -hmm. I'm not around Mm -hmm. you? But can I tell you, and I think this becomes vitally important in the cultural context that we're in now. Mm -hmm. The church was not only aware of and responding to felt and physical needs. Mm -hmm. And in some instances, I think those needs were secondary. Mm. The primary the primary needs that the church was responding to, I believe, were spiritual and emotional. Yeah. Remember, the church is birth and persecution. Like the church, the church, mm-hmm. they are scattered, right? Like they are, they are, well, not the disciples. The disciples are waiting. But you remember that as the church continues to grow, they will be scattered. Persecution will drive them, right? And so then what happens? It's not only their felt needs that that the gathering mm-hmm. is meeting, but it becomes those emotional needs, those spiritual needs. So in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, so they need to know doctrine. They need to they need to all know what it is we believe. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a spiritual need. okay? and some people may say, well, that can be met online. okay? but let's watch. (laughs) Right. okay? so but let's watch as the church grows. So in Acts chapter four, as the apostles are spreading the gospel, as they are um, being used by the Lord, you get to Acts chapter three and they heal this or um, Peter and John mm-hmm. are used to heal this lame beggar that's about Will's age. And he's been he's been lame since birth. Right. He's over 40 years old. And and the Lord uses them to perform a miracle. And while this causes uh, quite the uproar. OK, uh, Peter and John are brought before the council. And they are asked by uh, what name have they performed this miracle mm-hmm. by, you know, and, and they say that it's in Jesus's name that they have done this. They are then told, nope, you can't preach in this name because the, the, the apostles don't just stop at saying we've done this in Jesus's name, man. And this is why you, oh, we should be steeping ourselves in the word of God. They are not just answering questions. Mm. In fact, they preach the gospel in the answering of the question. <laughs> like they don't just say they don't just say that um, we have done this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. <laughs> right. And then right. and then we, we also want to point out, right, that God raised him from the dead. I'm in mm-hmm. Acts chapter four at this point. Right. So they so they actually run down through the gospel in the midst of this persecution. But there is something very interesting that happens. And I want to toggle back to this when we talk about the purpose of the church and the function of the church and how it's written in the scriptures. Well, they are told you cannot preach in Jesus name. And they're like, well, you got to decide whether or not you think it's good for us to do, but we're going to obey God. Mm. So we, we, we are, in other words, we will preach in Jesus's name. Right. right? But they were threatened. The Bible says very clearly they were threatened. And then what did they do in Acts chapter four, verses 23 through 31 They gathered together. Mm -hmm. Now, guys, I know that we like to make our heroes in the faith superhuman. We all want them to have that S on their chest that they they face persecution and they didn't have any fear. (laughs) Unfortunately, the Bible does not allow us to walk away thinking that the Bible shows us time and time again that they had those fears. But the Lord gave them grace by the power of his spirit to overcome that fear. Mm -hmm. And in part, he provided the support when they gathered, when they came together. So in Acts chapter four, what happens? The believers gather Mm -hmm. and they pray for boldness. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When they were released, Peter and John, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. What are they doing? Man, they are going back to the scriptures to say, okay, listen, they have set themselves against you, Lord. Now, interestingly enough, um, we feel it. <laughs> they have set themselves against you, but we feel it. Verse 27, for truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with um, timidity. Nope. <laughs> no, with boldness. boldness. Amen. So, so let's oh, guys. <laughs> so let's turn that to a 21st century context. They told me I'm gonna lose my job unless I, I unless mm. I, now I just don't have a piece about this. I don't know. So, let me just tell you, you are not just one click away from encouragement. No, what happens is you gather with the believers. You come together and we shoulder one another's burdens. Yeah. So it's not just our physical needs are being met because the natural outflow of that is that, may, you know, you, you might lose your job. So then we need to be ready and we need to be positioned to help those That's who good. have needs. That's good. But before we get to that point, do you know what we need? We need people around us who will say, come here. Give me your hands. Mm. Come here. We're about to pray about this. Amen. We, we're going to pray that the Lord gives you boldness to stand. Mm. We're going to pray that the Lord equips you that when you show up and the pressure is immense and people are looking at you like you're the only one. It's come down to just the two of you. You're the only three. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And this is what we're facing. So look, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like, like the scriptures anticipate every generation that we're going to live in yeah, definitely. and what we're going to face. Definitely. And and is built built in, mm -hmm. right? Like stacked up with how to live and how to respond. That is not something that we can get if we just click play. And you know, Pastor, you understand? Pastor MacArthur made a good point in in, in saying coming together, uh, it provides uh, the spiritual gifts of one another to be utilized. Amen. You know, and Amen. that's what happens in the situations that you, you're talking about. When these things arise, man, the body of Christ come together and pray. And man, God may, you know, through one person send a word of encouragement. Yes. Or something yes. that, you know, a word of knowledge, word of wisdom that's necessary for the for the moment. You mm. know, but that can't happen if we're just, you know, watching, you know, on, on the screen. And I think I think that's important that that element of of being able to encourage one another in a spiritual way. Man, that has to happen in in communion together. Amen. When we get back, I think we should handle some of the objections. You know, what about if a person's ill? 
What if they can't come out? What, what if a person can't gather with other believers? Mm. Actually, the Bible anticipates that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk <laughs> about it. Like, what if we just begin with the Bible? All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Uh, today the question is, what if we begin with the Bible? What if we begin with the Bible? I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Mandisa with God Speaking. Uh, one other thought here um, as we continue um, what we would gather from the scriptures, if we use the scriptures as our starting point for how, how we gather, not mm-hmm. to talk in circles, but if we use the Bible as our starting point for how we gather, what might we rightly understand about the expectations that are presented to us? What, what's expressed in the scriptures that are the expectations that God has of us um, as his people, as his called out ones. And again, one of the points that we were making before we went to the break is that it's not just meeting um, what we call felt needs or physical needs or tangible needs, but it's also meeting spiritual and emotional needs. And, and again, this is something that is baked in the cake of what God tells us to do. Like this is, this is something that is expected. Look, you've got people right now who are um, living in almost daily fear of what's happening in the world. Mm. They're living in almost daily fear. And some people are so gripped by fear, almost paralyzed in a sense by fear that the very real temptation to jump ship is ever before them. Yeah. Just to get, it's too hard. Just to give it up. I can't do it. First Thessalonians chapter five. Um, I'm going to start at verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. Encourage the faint hearted guys. Look at what the Lord tells us to do hmm. when we. So listen, a pastor who preaches to you, man, and just to say it again, no laversion. It could be fire preaching. Fire. (laughs) You're like, yes, line by line, precept upon precept. But if that pastor does not know where you are, Mm -hmm. is he truly fulfilling the role or the call of the pastor? I don't believe so. And and that's that's (laughs) one of the things I, I, I often think about, you know, as churches or fellowships get bigger and bigger, you know, how do you adequately pastor the people that you say, you know, that you are uh, in charge of as far as pastoring them? I, I think, I think, you know, it has to be where you're able to have some type of personal relationships with the people who you're in fellowship with, you know, mm-hmm. and it's harder as like there, there are ways to, you know, to continue to reach out, you know, I know cell groups and things like that, but yes, for, for, for a pastor, I don't know how you, you do that on a large scale. I think you have to have, I think you have to have a trusted leadership team. You I really to. do. I think you have, you have to have, have to. elders in place. You have to have deacons. I mean, because look, when the needs of the people, and, and again, this will fall in the category of felt needs when, when you're right. looking at Acts chapter six, it falls That's in the right. category of felt needs. 
Um, but at the same time, you understand that all of those needs can't be met by one person. No. So you have to impossible. raise up people in place to be able to help meeting, help with meeting those needs. But at a very basic level, the Bible, the word of God expressed to us. <laughs> assumes that we're getting together because there's no way that you can do these things. You can't admonish the idle, encourage the faint hearted, help the weak, help the weak, be patient with them all from a distance. It assumes close proximity. It assumes that we're gathering. And and I want to say something because I think that there are some things that the Lord, um, well, has expected of us, but we've, we've, moved away from those things because, well, you know, we don't really do that anymore. Mm. So, so here is one question. Um, mm -hmm. Here is one objection. People would say, so what about people who are sick mm -hmm. and they can't gather? Right. Okay. So, so that's a legitimate cry. That's a legitimate objection. What if, what if people are sick and they can't gather? Right. Um, what if people are imprisoned? Right. And, and they can't gather, which may praise God. The Lord is raising up ministries even in prisons. That's right. right. So that people have the opportunity to gather, to be obedient to the scriptures. But can I tell you, James, James chapter one, I'm just going to flip to it here. Mm -hmm. James chapter one, verse 27 actually um, sends us out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't <clears throat> excuse me. The scriptures do not um, tell us to allow a person to just click and go. The Bible is still pointing us toward connectedness. It's still pointing us toward joining together religion that is pure and undefiled before God. Let me read it again. James chapter one, verse 27 religion that is pure and undefiled before God. The father is this to visit orphans and widows and their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So, okay, so if you've got people who cannot gather, that means we're supposed to go to them. Mm. There is something, I, I, listen, there is something about the gathering of the church that in ways we cannot understand, and, and maybe we can if we would give ourselves to understanding these things, that are a threat to the enemy in ways that he constantly fights against. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You're getting up early on a, on a Saturday morning, let me open the phone lines first. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You're getting up early on a Saturday morning because you guys are going to go catch a movie with the kids. Nobody has a problem. They can <laughs> always find their shoes. On they time. always know what they're going to wear. Oh, yeah. There's no tension between you and your spouse. Nothing. You guys are <laughs> gravy train on your way to the theater. Right, right. Okay. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> one day difference, Sunday morning, if you will. Can't, I don't. I don't know where my shoes are. Right. Oh, I thought I was gonna wear this, but oh, is is it dirty? I don't. I don't know. I I, I can't figure out what to do with mm. my hair. I don't know. I can't. And this. Why are you looking at me like that? Ah! And what? <laughs> what? And and then let me. I know what people. Well, that's just that's a coincidence. That's not spiritual, is it? Is it not spiritual? Does it not matter when the believers gather? Yes, it matters. Amen. What did Jesus say? Jesus said in Matthew 18, again, when talking about how to deal with conflict among believers, when your brother offends you, he gives this whole layout, but then says, when you guys are gathered together as the church, deal with this issue. I'm present there with you. Deal with this issue. Mm. And then again, it's repeated in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. What the immoral brother, 
way before we get to the, <laughs> to the place of expel the immoral brother, what does the apostle Paul say? He says, I've already pronounced judgment on this. He goes, mm. next time you guys gather together and my spirit is there, hand this man over to Satan so that his soul can be saved. Now, why does that matter? Why, why do the people need to gather? Well, there is something that God wants yeah. us to know about when we gather, things happen. Mm. Now, that, I know that, that just seems like that's just too deep and lofty, but it's also very basic. When we gather, things happen. When we come together, two or three, Jesus said, gathering in my name, asking in my name. Mm. What, what is that? I would submit to you, and then we'll go to the phone lines. I would submit to you that the enemy who is at war with God, and we are in the crosshairs. We are, we are, we are in the, I guess, crossfire, if you will. The enemy who is at war with God knows and understands better than we who have been purchased by Jesus the importance of our gathering together. That's right. And he has been able to create a new norm in this country that has really affected us adversely. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter who it's coming from. It doesn't matter if that's your preferred preacher or teacher. The truth is the truth. God Amen. has prescribed how the church is to function. Amen. And he's prescribed that in his holy word. Amen. Will the great, where do we go first? Before we go there, I just want oh, to yes, mention I'm too. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. And um, even in sickness, and James, they talk about calling for the elders to come and pray. Amen. Another form of, you know, uh, the church body extending itself to to meet the needs of those yes. who are suffering. You yes. know, it's, it's koinonia, it's fellowship, it's true uh, uh, fellowship uh, from a biblical standpoint. And man, as things progress in our culture, we're going to need each other more and more and more. While the enemy is trying to divide us mm-hmm. on certain issues. Man, we need to uh, uh, see that and say, no, we need to come together because it's important that as these things happen, that that the church, that the body of Christ, you know, is together and unify. Mm, I, man, can I just add to that? I know you're like, we're going to back and forth. But look, we have turned the role and the position of the pastor into a celebrity keynote every week. Mm-hmm. It's not just that. It is it is the care for the people of God that goes beyond just you can um, click and listen and then and and then click and be done. Right. And if we get back to that, man, I think we would feel and sense and see some real tangible changes among believers living in 21st century America. Mm. Will the great. Where should we go first? All right. Let's go to Kevin in Indiana. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Hello. Good. Good, good. Okay, buckle up. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the walls of Jericho will never fall through a Zoom call. Mm. It's mm. just that simple. Yeah. Okay. And I think we've all decided and agreed that the child is better educated in a classroom than on a screen. Mm. And I think we're selling ourselves short. And the one of the things that I enjoy about going to church is that I get to be with my congregation. Mm. And that's a very important word, okay? It is to congregate, right? And that's why it's got that name. Um, would you rather uh, watch a basketball game on television or would you like uh, tickets to the, you know, center mm-hmm. court? Yeah. Everybody's going to say, well, yeah, you know, I want to see the live game. Well, of course you do. And what you need to do is that you need to realize that you're slowly taking these comfortabilities, but you're giving up, you know, the true experience of everything. 
Mm. You know, sitting there in your pajamas, you know, watching a guy on television while you turn your back to go make eggs and coffee. Oh, just Kevin. Not, just not the same. Yeah. Kevin, you just upset somebody because they were like, oh, that's not good. And they're like, they're like no, hey, Kevin, you're making, <laughs> you're making an excellent you gotta, point. You gotta put the You've got to show up, okay? You've got to show up. Jesus showed up. He went mm-hmm. to the garden. He knew, but he showed up. He didn't, Man. he didn't say, hey, hey, pond man, you might have, you know, we just say you crucified me and, you know, we'll go do lunch. No, you got to show up. Man, Kevin, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you. And I appreciate the illustration, too, because I think so often we don't recognize the things that we are willing to submit to and enjoy that. I mean, we might define those things as secular. But then when it comes to the things of God, we're like, well, it can't be. I mean, come on. It could just be. But I, I think that the, um, the the game illustration, because even they experience that. That's why they, they're trying to create. How do, how do we get people back in stadiums? Because mm-hmm. not only is there a desire for it, but there's some financial gain attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Timothy in Oklahoma. Hi, Timothy. Hello. How are you both doing today? Hello. Uh, I call in quite frequently when I can get on. Uh, just very quick here. Uh, there are many reasons why people don't go to church. Uh, they gather. To, they don't gather together. A majority of it is a lack of motivation and in just uh, the the excuses that people give. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know I understand people have been hurt in churches before. Mm-hmm. They've uh, met some congregation of uh, some member that has acted kind of snotty or things like that. But don't we have? at least one of them in each and every church that we go to. Right. <laughs> I mean, the church, the church is not a perfect place, yeah. but right. Christ, is a, Christ is the perfecter of his people. When we come mm. together, there so is good. so much working in that environment that you can't get on a television program. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you're at, working a job that goes on Sundays or Wednesdays, you have a legal right, according to your freedom of religion, to get a day off like that. And not only that, you can, you need to get somewhere where you're under uh, a person of authority, not just a man, but a man led by the Spirit of God mm-hmm. who can talk Timothy. to you, deal with you in the times of your trials, and preach what is in your life. My pastor, I, I it's, it's always been that way. I came to Ardmore Holiness. I'm in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and I'm in a holiness church. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday and Wednesday, God speaks through my pastor and touches my heart. And sometimes He doesn't even know the things I'm going through, mm-hmm. but He also knows me very personally. So he can deal with me and mentor me and teach me how to live a holy life. And that's what that's very important about going to church. But we don't have that watching it on TV or on YouTube. So I would just yeah. say get in there and go to church and get the get under the spout where the glory comes out. That's what it is. <laughs> God bless you, Timothy. Thank you, Timothy. I appreciate you calling. Will the Great, let's try to squeeze in at least one more call before the show. All right. Thanks. Let's go to Jerome in Texas. Hi, Jerome. Wow, I can't believe this. How are you doing? Good. Hello. Good. Awesome. I, I finally got through to you. Listen, I know time is short, and there's so much in this. I, I want to say uh, to encourage the people that had to do Zoom like we did, um, mm-hmm. that the church was not lost. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church because the Holy Spirit living on the inside. There's a flexibility that Israel had to have as they had to move from one place to the other, and mm-hmm. the diaspora and all those different things happen. God always kept a remnant. God always will keep a remnant. And so we're still here, and uh, we, we've we had some Zoom classes that were astronomically better than a lot of the services 
that I've attended. <laughs> that being said, there's strength in numbers. We got to get back in the buildings. We got to get back supporting the pastors. Got to get back to paying tithes and offerings because some of us took a break from that. <laughs> and God bless you too. And for the ministry that you do, I'm done. Oh, that well, great <laughs> job, Jerome. I mean, we need to take your your call as the last call all the time. You know how to do it. Um, hey, listen, I appreciate your comments. We are out of time. So, of course, I'd like to respond to that, but I cannot. <laughs> He's like, yes. All right. Well, until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.